What have you got there, mate? Just a glass of wine. All right. How is it? It's all right, I guess. I mean, obviously, it's not really delicious, like a pint from Beer 52. Well, it's a good job that this episode of Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs is sponsored by Beer 52, the world's number one beer club. With Beer 52, you'll receive a case of beer every month featuring craft beers from all over the world, including Belgium, California, New Zealand and more. As well as getting eight free beers, you'll also receive the award-winning magazine Ferment, as well as a couple of different snacks. Perfect for a night in, or an innocent picnic in the park. For the last time, it was a picnic. You couldn't see the snacks. We had two different types of snacks. Best of all, you can pause or cancel your membership at any time, so you don't need to worry about the ombudsman coming to get you if you want to take a break from your membership. So seriously, what are you waiting for? If you want to get started with a free case of beer, head to beer52.com forward slash peep to access your first case for free. Eight beers, Beer 52. Eight. That's insane. All you need to do is pay the £5.95 for postage. And don't worry if you're not a fan of dark beers, there is a light option available. So that's beer52.com forward slash peep to get your first Beer 52 case for free. Poor me. Poor me. Pour me another glass from Beer 52. Cheers. Hi, this is Liam Noble and you're listening to Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs. Well done, you. Hello and welcome to Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs, a podcast all about discussing and reviewing the British sitcom Peep Show. My name's Tom Harrison and I'm joined as always by Rob Graham. Hello! And this week we are into the swing of things with Series 6. We're going to be discussing Episode 2, which is called The Test. How are you doing, Rob? I'm alright, mate. I had a first week back at work. Uh, Of course. Yeah, that's that's gone. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, like most people know, I'm a teacher, like... It's been a long time since I've been in a classroom full of full of kids. Like obviously before um, the summer, everything was like a minimal number of children in there. Yeah, of course. Um, and now it's like we've never been away. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a it's been a good old week, but a, a long old week. I had a very good sleep last night. <laughs> I can imagine. How about you? Yeah, I'm, well, I'm still working from home, as always, it continues, um, but we're, we're in the process of buying a new house, uh, and that's ticking along, so that's sort of our source of excitement at the moment, so we're, we're keeping busy, definitely. And we've just, we're recording this on the 12th of September, so the news has sort of come out in the past couple of days that we're now limited to, back to just seeing five of our friends, as opposed to 29 of our friends. Yeah, I'd, I never really got that, I thought that it was six people anyway, Outdoors and, and indoors. I think it was six be. people indoors and then it was 30 people outdoors. Right. Because okay. people were having... But then, like, I'm sure I've had friends who have organised, like, birthday parties for their kids and stuff where they've invited, like, 25 other people and it's been in, like, a hall. Right, So I'm yeah. not really sure how those mm. sorts of things have worked out. People aren't following the rules, are they? Nah, let's be honest. Mm. <laughs> 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 yeah. Maybe we'll see what happens by Christmas. But um, anyway, we're here to talk about Peep Show. And actually, we're here to talk about uh, patrons to start with, because we have two new ones. We do. We have Joshua Herbertson and John Ralston have both joined us. And John Ralston has actually joined us on the absolute top tier. So he is joining uh, Mike Kavanagh on receiving his episodes a little early. So if that's something that interests you, then head over to our Patreon 
um, and you will be able to get them a couple of days before the rest of the uh, what do we call them shit munches? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that's the technical term. Yeah, the shit munches. Uh, um. No offense to anyone. <laughs> um, so yeah, a big shout out to uh, Josh and John, and then to Jonathan Gardner, Ian Harrison, Tim Chamberlain, Jessica Isler, Thomas Burton, Toby Irving, Michael Collins, John Fraser. George Johansson Byberg, Alex Watson, Doug Simpson, Daniel Thompson, Porter Breath, Laurie Johnson, Trisha Atenzia, Mike Kavanagh, Dave Pink, Robert Horvath, and Darren Friedrichs. Are those names burned into your memory yet? Or <laughs> Yeah, it's like well, it's like doing the register. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Cool. Yeah, shout out to all of you guys. Uh, if you are interested in joining on the, the Patreon, there'll be a link in the episode description as always, so do check that out if you're interested. Okay, right, uh, let's get the synopsis for the episode then, and then we'll just open with our sort of general thoughts as always. I hope this synopsis is as entertaining as last week's. <laughs> uh, <well>, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> um, when Sophie tells Mark and Jeremy that she'd like to find out who the father is, the old dude brothers find out there's a third player in this game of Father Roulette. As Mark and Jeremy attempt to date on top of each other, Dobby and Elena react rather differently to the news. So... What do I think? Yes. <laughs> Discuss. I think it's a good episode. It seems really short. Like, I don't know whether it was because so much was packed into the first episode of the series. This episode seemed to just whiz by. I think there's an awful lot I noticed in the second half where it just pings back and forth between the lounge and Jez's room with the two different dates. And sometimes the cuts are, you know, it's like 30 seconds and then we jump yeah. to the next one. So I think... Maybe that's just part of it that makes it seem like really yeah. short because you're you're moving so quickly. Yeah, it seemed it seemed very short. And like I said, I don't know if it was because everything was so packed in to the first episode. I I like this episode. I wouldn't ever say it was one of my favourite episodes, and I think it isn't as great as the Jeremy and JLB no. episode. Um, but I think it's it's very revealing. Um, of both the characters, and we can talk about this as we go through, it's very revealing of both like the character of Jez and Mark in terms of some of the ways they, they play the situations, the the way that Jez basically really, really shafts Mark. <laughs> really, really shafts Mark. What else is new? <laughs> but yeah, I no, I agree. I think yeah, you're right, it's a very good a very good look at, you know, both of their outlooks on life. And it's quite good in that this is a, an episode where, you know, they go through their trials and tribulations, but they're in the exactly the same boat at this moment, which is quite interesting. Yes. Normally their antics sort of, you know, their their own thing, and then they, they come together, like, towards the end of the episode. But from the beginning of the episode to nearly the end, they're sharing the exact same experience, and it's how are they both reacting to it and then at the end you get the here's the news and literally the same um story because they're both trying to sort of meet somebody date somebody it's literally like two um parallel storylines yeah exactly yeah even on yeah another layer it's yeah it's the same with the, the sort of double date that's well not, not a double date but you know what i mean they're dating on top of each other as, as mark puts it and again it's their different styles to dating as well which i definitely want to talk about yeah um it's it is, it is a good episode i do i do i do like it maybe i was doing it a disservice by saying it wasn't one of my favorites but um yeah should we dig in and, and talk about it a little bit more cool okay yeah let's jump into uh, episode two the test 
We get a rare start to this episode as uh, Mark and Jeremy are out shopping together. And I think we've seen this like a couple of times before. As I remember the, the time where they're shopping together and Jeremy's sort of just putting seemingly random like, like impulse buys into the basket. And then Mark is reaching yeah. in and putting them back on the shelf. And then we get the the other one. It's just on his own, isn't he? And he's and like, he's, I'm doing the big shop and I'm doing it brilliantly. Yeah, and he's drunk, isn't yes. he? Yes, yeah, and he's just like Pringles. One. And like that's the whole, like, I've got coupons for the Pringles. Yes, yeah. and it's like, I'll say I ate the dip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like chocolate crisps and booze yeah. or something. <laughs> well, it's only marginally better than what Elena's got in her basket. <laughs> yeah, very true. Um, so they're arriving at the checkout. Jeremy's managed to slip something in successfully this time. Some cat food, which... I- was very strange. Mark wonders whether he's mistaken it for dip. But it's a really throwaway line from Mark, and it's the opening line of the episode, but we don't really find out why the cat food. Like, before, he buys that weird stuff, or might be after, he buys that weird stuff, and he says to Mark, oh, I'm trying to trick the, the guys... The nectar, the nectar card. card. Yes. That's what I, I was expecting that line to follow, and I, I think I misremembered, but I'm guessing it's for that reason, to just be like, whoa, look at me. But I like that Mark thinks he's stupid enough to... Think it was a dick. It. Yeah, like <laughs> Suzuki or something. It's quite, yeah, very good. Um, but Mark comments that it's uh, it's Sophie and Dip's night, <laughs> which, which makes it sound they're going to eat Sophie <laughs> and dip her Lovely in Suzuki. Lovely bit of <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, but you're right, they, they spot Elena at the checkout uh, and Jeremy's sort of immediately lusting after her, isn't she? Yeah, so we had the brief introduction to her in Jeremy at JLB and by introduction I mean we literally we saw her in the in the lift and that's basically as far as we yeah and she didn't say a word did she it was purely no. them sort of staring at her a bit we quickly. don't even know her name do we at that point they don't say that's Elena they do yeah because Jeremy says oh Elena from the flat." no that's in this episode I mean in, in the first episode we just oh yes he they... just says oh she's one hot tamale like yeah that's right so I don't know whether they've spoken or not at this point i'm guessing they have or maybe jeremy's like stalked her online because the moment when they meet later again apologies for jumping ahead she answers the door as if she doesn't really know who he is yeah so yeah i did wonder whether they had had an interaction before or whether jeremy had just maybe i don't know gone down to the the buzzers on the flats and been looked for her name or something and kind of stalked her or not yeah, it does seem well. <laughs> we're like we said, we always dig too much into little things here. <laughs> yeah. Although, having said that, I read uh, something on Facebook about uh, a plot hole here. Plot hole. Um, why is Elena in a lift when she lives in the flat below? And Sophie makes a comment about it that she lives below them. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Uh... Yeah, because they're, they're all going to work, aren't they? Yeah, that so she, they're on their way down. They're definitely on their way down. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, maybe one I of those weird just a, quirks. Yeah, <laughs> just a little, little mistake in the rising, perhaps. We'll, we'll let them off. Um, so, yeah, J- Jeremy's sort of lusting after her. Oh, my God. There she is. Elena from the flats. Oh, she's so gorgeous. Right. Yeah, she, she is attractive. Although brown rice and Pop-Tarts, chamomile tea and economy vodka. That's a car crash of a shopping basket. God, I really, 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 really hope the baby's not mine. The last thing I need is an infant cramping my style. Which is really funny when he then gets on later in the episode. He's like, no, that's exactly what he needs to manage to pull her. Yeah, that's really, yeah, really ironic, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and thought about that, looking um, back. So we have a really funny sort of back and forth between Mark and Jez where Mark's like, well, it's 50-50, isn't it? Like... 
there's a fair chance it's either one of ours. And Jeremy does an amazing face. Like, he does it a few times. And I noticed, like, I don't know whether I've been more sort of alert to it, but there's a few really good facial expressions from Robert Webb <laughs> in this series where he's like, the, he did the one in the previous episode where he does that, I know, yeah. um, when Mark makes this final tap joke. And then he does this, like, <laughs> type, like, like inward snigger. Yeah. His face, um, like, squirms almost. It's like kind yeah. of like trying to hide the smirk, but he can't, like, win. Like, he can't, he's when somebody says it. something really stupid and you don't want to really outwardly mock them that they've said something <laughs> stupid, but obviously your face is doing that exact thing. And Mark's like, what are you laughing at? And Jeremy's like... Is it really 50-50? Or is it, in fact, much more likely that my guys will have won the sperm war? What? Mine are like soldiers of fortune. The scuba squadron. The scuba squadron. Yours are probably just glad of the practice. Like, yay, we're out and we're not in the wank flannel. Mine are much more. Okay, guys, here we go again. This is the drop zone. You know the drill. Suave. There's something quite Brentish about that, I thought. Yes. It's like, suave. Suave. <laughs> just adds that on the end. <laughs> Osborne quipped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know how, yeah, Jeremy thinks of... He's got a weird and wonderful imagination that the like, this is the drop zone. This is a quite a Mark way of looking at it, like a military yeah. operation, isn't it? Definitely some of Mark rubbing off there. But yeah, I do like the scuba squadron. That's quite a name for your own sperm. And in Mark's monologue, he says he actually thinks he has suave spermatozoa. He characterises his <laughs> sperm. He's like, I'm not biting on this, Jeremy. I'm not. I'm not falling for it. Um, so Mark then sort of makes his excuses and leaves, and he says that he's going to play laser commando. <laughs> Uh, and he'll see Jez for Sophie and Dipsnow when he gets back. Yeah, he hands Jez the cash. I'm kind of surprised that he trusts Jez to, even at this stage where they're practically at the till, to still trust him to make sure that it all goes okay and get it back to the flat. But I like the fact that even though Mark was heading out, like he has had to supervise Jeremy doing this shot oh, first. I suppose, yeah, you could look at it that way instead, actually. Yeah, that does that makes much more sense. And I suppose he's thought, right, okay, now I know everything's in the basket and we're basically at the point of no return. And if he's buying bloody cat food, then <laughs> maybe he needs to supervise him. <laughs> oh, definitely. He definitely needs supervising. Um, so as Mark walks off, Jeremy says, oh, laser commando? Like, what's he really doing? UKIP meeting? Gay sauna? maiming farm animals. It's like, Jeremy's imagination is weird, <laughs> wicked and wonderful. Yeah, but don't ask, don't tell. But I can't imagine him being a UKIP. No, I think it's just... It's a throwaway remark. Yeah, it's... I think it's just, like you say, weird, wonderful, ludicrous... Well, not wonderful at all, actually, with the UKIP meeting and maiming farm animals. But, like, just, I suppose, just random The first things, things that have come into Jesse's head. That are all, yeah, that are almost so not Mark. Like, even if Mark was gay, which we know we would, he isn't, like, to go to a sauna and just, I don't know, I can't imagine Mark ever sitting in a sauna just, like, semi-nude. I suppose <laughs> out of those three, the UKIP meeting is probably the most likely thing for him to be doing. <laughs> yeah, I guess it probably is. <laughs> but he was telling the truth and we, we moved to the next scene and he is playing Laser Commando. Yeah, do you, do you think it's a bit weird that he's gone by himself? Like, well, we he's gone with an ulterior motive, hasn't he? Yeah, but do you think it's a bit weird that just like a sort of guy in his 30s on his own, a, a Laser Commando, which is generally seen as a... I know there is sort of like a... They have like competitive leagues and whatever, but it's predominantly kind of like a kids' party thing. Isn't or it? you go with a group... I mean, I've not been. We have a Laser 
what's it called? Laser, Laser Force, Force in Peterborough, isn't it? Um, and I've not been there for probably 15 years. I've been more recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, You're the guy in his cause <laughs> shooting the kids. I, I, I can talk about my experience in a bit uh, of laser I, I went about a year ago probably and it was interesting it is quite weird i mean this one looks a lot bigger than the laser force that we've got in peterborough i don't know i didn't really get a sense of how big it was yeah but i just yeah i just thought it was weird that a guy in his 30s on his own at laser but force. he does so many weird things to he goes to flipping dartmouth to try and get april he then mm. travels across the city or at least across the the town to um go and find Dobby in a later series. Like, he, he just... He he is that guy who will just stop at nothing to, <laughs> in, a, in a very weird and creepy way. Um, so, and he, But in his head, he is recognising that it's a bit weird and creepy, and he says, this is pretty desperate. Um, so he is acknowledging that he's gone to real lengths to, to find her. Yeah, he seems to take... I think he implies that he would be comforted if he had his jumpsuit on yeah. like there are jumpsuits on the website so. but he's planned it in advance hasn't he and he's like oh is it yeah we later learn it is very like meticulously planned like yeah. to be exactly where and when oh, I suppose I'd better nail this motherfucker you are hit game over sorry maybe this is what it'll be like after the apocalypse wandering around depressed shooting children for fun uh. he has a a dark, dark part of his brain. Okay. I, I have to, when I went last time to play uh, Laser Quest, we went with a little group, and um, I think the first time round it was just us. We had a group, a good like dozen of us or so, so we did like six aside, and it was quite a good laugh. But then a kids' party had clearly pre-booked yeah. for the same sort of slot, so we ended up having this weird game against I don't know twelve-year-olds maybe. And surprising how competitive it can get. Competitive, but also you know you can't actually hurt them. You're not. It's not like you're doing paintballing or no. something where you're actually going to like you're literally shooting them with a laser. True, but I think despite them saying you know you can't run, people end up charging around that place, and you can quickly like find yourself running around a corner and like almost clattering some. Poor I feel like Call of Duty has really like amped up how seriously people take stuff oh, like laser, laser um, <laughs> force because people like I, 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 to be fair I've probably been more recently than 15 years but there's been plenty of times I've been like like lying almost like on the floor <laughs> like a sniper ready for somebody to come around the corner um, <laughs> but yeah so Mark uh, discovers his real uh, reason for being there when Dobby then follows this kid around the corner and Mark sort of pretends to be surprised even though obviously it's a carefully planned operation and he even says I had no idea you came here every other Sunday <laughs> when life action role plays off. Like, not only I've monitored when you're coming, but I know why you're coming as well. Yeah, it's <laughs> creepy. Yeah. Well, um, it's funny, last episode he was um, saying, oh, I'll have to delete my spreadsheet of her coffee break times. Yes. So he's clearly monitoring her, like, very carefully. It's weird. <laughs> um, yeah, so he comments how he's not seen her since, you know, the fallout of JLB and its closure. Um, and she comments that, you know, it's not like she's fallen off the face of the earth. Like, he could have just reached out and asked her out on a date, and she just puts it on a plate for him, basically. Yeah, and I think that line resonates because later on in this conversation, she goes, I'm on such a, like, a dating vibe. Yeah, a dating tip, she says. I thought, ooh, that didn't quite sound right coming from Dobby. No, (laughs) um, and you see Mark's face when she says that, just, oh. So it's not just me you've been waiting to ask yeah. you out. Like How many just... other people has she been asking out in Laser Quest arenas? <laughs> yeah, it's a strange one. Um, and she's a very... I love the character of Dobby for the most part, but 
she's a very niche sort of person to date. Yeah, I think she's got the... Yeah, she's quite quirky, but she's quite outgoing as well, and quite forward, as we can see here, which is quite, I think, a lot of guys who, like Mark, who are so repressed and shy, I don't know, I guess they almost need a, a nudge, or in this case, like... Yeah, she's got that awkward shyness, but actually... When she wants to be, she well, can... Mark's in bed with her by the end of this episode. Mm. So... <laughs> Very true. Yeah, they're not backwards in coming forward. You could ask me out on a date. Oh, too easy. This is like shooting fish in a barrel. The fish has shot itself. That sounds great. Yeah, I'm just on a whole dating tip right now. I've gone date crazy. Date here, date there. What's this mad fish doing? Gerald's taking me to a Music of Star Wars concert on Saturday. I saw that advertised. I, I didn't think you'd be into that. A guy in a Yoda mask freaking out on the bassoon. What's not to like? So Mark then thinks very quickly on his feet and is like, right, I'll take you out on Friday then. You come to my, oh, you come to mine for dinner. Um, and in his monologue goes, you idiot, Gerard. Friday comes before Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Mark has, uh, has locked in a date with, with Dobby and uh, yeah, he seems to, any, any way he can get one up on Gerard. Although I, I do think, you know, Gerard's actually taking her out to something quite unique it's quite... a decent date like mark's just doing dinner like fairly standard and not even taking her out for dinner i suppose there's something to be said about you know cooking for her i can't imagine mark i mean we've seen his cooking his he's got a flair for moroccan hasn't well, i he? think <laughs> it takes a fair amount of confidence to cook for somebody as one of your opening dates i've done it yeah and yeah you're right it's quite brave isn't it like to invite somebody around to your house and it's also it's a weird one that you then have to sort of leave them to keep going off and stirring the food or cooking the next day. Yeah, that's true. It doesn't really seem the most sociable thing to date. Yeah, there's probably something. Yeah, you unless everything's completely on. ready, or you cook, or you're literally you've got like one of those like Marks and Spencer's meal for twos, and you're just bugging everything in the <laughs> oven. But then don't invite somebody around for dinner if you're going to do that. Also, I want, it's quite a, an intimate thing, I guess, to invite someone to your home for a first date. I'm trying to think for of... a first date, like, I did it for um, a girl a few years ago. Not my wife, I'll hasten to add, yeah. but this was before my wife. <laughs> um, and it was, like, maybe our fourth or fifth date. Yeah, that, that makes more sense. But even then, I'm a terrible cook. It was a bold <laughs> move. <laughs> I'm trying to think, has Dobby been round their flat before? Not that I can remember. I don't think so. So, yeah, an interesting choice. Quite, yeah, quite brave, I guess. But I guess the main thing is he's just looking to get the He just yeah, needs Friday. to get he, it in before Gerard. Yeah, whatever it, it is, before, as long as it's before Saturday. So uh, we then move back to the flat. To say back to the flat, we've not been at the flat. A new boiler. Surely the least enjoyable way to spend a thousand pounds. At least throwing the money out of the window, you'd see the scrabbling mass, the hate-filled faces. I have spent a cool grand on acquiring the resumption of an equitable temperature. And he's absolutely right. Like... What, any household appliance buggering up is such a depressing, like, a thousand pounds just to get my house working back to the basic level it should work at. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things that you take for granted so much that it should just be like, this should be standard, yeah. this temperature I'm in. Yeah, yeah you're and right. just like any household appliance, like, oh man, like, our wash we had a spell where our oven, washing machine, and fridge all packed up within the space of like three days. Oh my word. And I was like, 
oh, you normally buy these things like once every 10 years. I'm going to have to buy all three of them within the same week. Yeah, that's such a boring way to spend so much money. Yeah. I, I do like... Mark's really on form with some of these kind of depressing internal monologues with like they're walking around killing kids in the apocalypse and now it's like watching people scramble in the street it's like the hate-filled faces yeah. <laughs> he's in quite a, a dark place i guess that's probably i mean that's going to be because of you know everything that's gone yeah. with jlb but they, they don't really reference it too much other than they're like oh dobby i haven't seen you since jlb like, yeah and we don't really know what mark's doing yeah we're not really seeing him on i, I guess that would be quite boring to see him on the, the job hunt but we I guess he's still reeling from it. Yeah. Um, and I suppose you say next episode is the is the walks and the looking for the, like the loss. Of yeah. Okay. Job, so yeah, yeah we, we get that covered there. There's something quite poetic about what Mark says as well. It's like I've spent a cool grand on acquiring the resumption of an equitable temperature. I think there's something quite poetic about the words that he uses. I quite like that. <laughs> oh, he's he's got quite the. Um... He's a wordsmith. Yeah, he is. Uh, last episode, like I I put them in my quiz, like the whole. Um... Was it like avaricious prophet cannibals? Yeah. And I can't remember what the other one he used was now. But yeah, he's got he's definitely got away yeah. with words. Um, and Jeremy walks in and sees that Mark is fiddling with the boiler. And um, he's like, yeah, too right, I'm freezing. Whack it up to 29. <laughs> and this is one of my favourite scenes of Peep Show, I think. Like, as a, just as a single scene. Um, because it just glorifies the innocence, possibly naivety, stupidity. I'm not really sure what the right word is. Of Jez's logic for the boiler. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, too right. I'm freezing. Let's whack it up to 29. 29 degrees? Are you insane? I don't actually want it to be 29, but you've got to give it something to aim for. It'll get hotter quicker. No, it won't. It's either on or off. You set it, it achieves the correct temperature, it switches off. Oh, sure. You set it to 23, it'll be pootering along. Oh, yeah, 23, easy. Yeah, nearly there. Wouldn't you rather... Fuck! 29?! Christ, let's get cracking. Got to generate some serious heat. And then when it hits 23, we're suddenly all like, click, sorry, already there. And the boiler will be like, what the fuck? You want to try to trick the boiler? I like, yeah, how Jeremy is sort of giving these objects a a consciousness and a personality that is just so... You're right, it's that, I guess, ignorance would be the word of, like, just not understanding how the, the absolute basics in life <laughs> yeah when it's, work. it's just it is just ridiculous but it's very like typical jazz and mark quite rightly just says oh you want to try and trick the boiler that's what <laughs> that's what we're trying to do i think i wonder if jeremy thinks that by turning the, the, the temperature up just like the flame gets bigger inside yeah. the boiler or something i think maybe that's what he's imagining when actually it's just that little yeah and like <laughs> Just that for as long as it needs to to get to that temperature, and then off. It's too beautiful a thing to see it just go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the doorbell rings. Um, so Sophie comes in, and we didn't really. We saw her briefly in the first episode, didn't we? Because she is drinking with Lisa. Yeah, we got a spell at the pub, and then she was at the the benefit night yeah. quote. But I think they they had a, a very brief conversation. He asked her about the cartoon. And he refers she... to her as a dried up old stone, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I don't think we got very long at all with Sophie last time. She's much more prominent now. Yeah, um, and I think we talked about last week that this is where I think by this point Olivia Coleman had started to become better known. She'd been in a few other shows where she'd been sort of more recognisable. 
Yeah, I th- I'm trying to think something that came, comes to mind that would have been around that time, maybe slightly later. Was she was in Broadchurch, wasn't she? In that that kind probably of would have been a bit later than 2010, I think. Yeah, but I remember she watching that at uni actually. That yeah, so it would have been that around time. that time. Yeah. She certainly was more recognisable. Yeah, definitely. Other than like when she's in the first few shows, you're sort of like, oh, she's the news reporter, the journalist from the office. <laughs> Like, that's the only other thing you've seen her in. Well, she was in um, The Green Wing, wasn't she? Yeah, and, I suppose. And things like that. But I think you're right in that Peep Show was the, probably the thing that... The thing that she was in as, like, quite a key character... Yeah. ...that was sustained, like, popularity, yeah, I guess, and that became very mainstream. But, yeah, I think you're right. She's perhaps not quite there, but is about to sort of go boom... Yes. ...and achieve sort of international recognition, I think. So she comes in, Sophie's in anyway, and um, I found this scene really weird and I commented on it in last week's episode. She says to Mark and Jez, oh, I've just been downstairs to see my new dealer. And she goes, she does this like, she's lovely, as though she's high. I don't know whether you picked up on it. The way she says it makes it seem like, oh, I've got my weed. Yeah, I did. It, And I think that then leads them to be like, hold on a minute, what's going on? Yeah. Because the way she, yeah, she sort of like has a flourish with the bag, doesn't she? And yeah. It's like, ooh, lovely, like this weed, as if like... It's hers. Yeah, like it, be- it belongs to her. And I think they're very right then to be like, hang on a minute, like we only just had this conversation last episode over the wine and yeah. you ha- you sort of had a go There's at There's no justification it. for marijuana. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I think they are, even though they have just had this conversation, you think, mm, hold on, like... It, do, do we need to make another point of this? And like we touched on last week, she's quite volatile in a lot of her personality traits in terms of, like, we knew she's got a problem for binge drinking and, like, drinking quite a lot. So, actually, this is still within the line of, or the realm of possibility that she could be also... Yeah, well, she was doing... Um, she was smoking ex- weed. She did ecstasy, didn't she? And she was smoking weed with... Oh, that comes later. But she smokes weed with Jeff in the stairwell at JLB. Yeah, she also gets high with Jez when they sleep together. Mark yeah. comes home and they've been smoking. I think she also smokes with Jez in Kettering. Yeah, when Mark is out yeah. at the strip club. So I think she, do, she yeah. does quite a lot. And she you know, took it even further and did, uh, I think it was Ecstasy, wasn't it? Or yes. Speed or something. Um, when they went out clubbing. So she's definitely done drugs. and. But on this occasion, she's not. No, but I, I think they were right to be worried because she says, she refers to Elena as my new dealer. Yes. Which I think then immediately, you know, alarm bells are ringing and they then feel like they have to have the conversation. Yeah, but Jeremy, upon listening to the fact that Sophie said she's a dealer, his face just lights up. And he's like, <laughs> that's my connection, that's my in. Like, I, I smoke drugs. <laughs> she sells drugs, perfect. <laughs> That's um, how all uh, great romances start. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Mark says, oh, I don't know why you're sweating it, dude. You should just ask her out, like I did with Dobby. <laughs> and Mark, like, it's the first time, and Jeremy says, it's the first time you've ever asked out a girl on a date and it's worked. Jeremy says, it does not make you Alfie. Just because you have successfully arranged <laughs> a date with a woman does not make you Alfie. Um, I like how Mark's face, when he's doing, they're like, just no sweat it, dude. Like, yeah. do it like I did with Dobby. Like, his face is so smug. And as Jeremy's just like, right, I think it's time for a put down. Yes. <laughs> and you just see Mark's face fall <laughs> as Jeremy's saying these words. Yeah. And uh, I like how we then get a, a point of view from Mark as he then sort of like barges past Jeremy. And Jeremy does this little smirk. It's just like, yeah, I did that. Yeah. Job. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like they, they almost live. 
for this. Like, they're always there to just put each yeah. other in their place when they need to. Um, and Mark says in his monologue, as he's walking through, he just says, he's never dated. He just ruts like a hog, which is so on the nose. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, so, um, yeah, so they, they go through into the, the lounge uh, and that's when Sophie uh, reveals that she wants a paternity test. She wants to find out who the dad is uh, for the baby. Which I think seems like a... When there are... Th- well, they at this point, they don't know there are three. But when they've got three potential fathers, I think that's a completely reasonable yeah. thing. They, they both... I suppose they are willing to do it. Their hesitancy isn't because they don't want to know who the baby daddy is. It's they don't want... It's the process. It's the it, process yeah. of it. Really hope it doesn't involve anything going up my knob. A uh, paternity test. Uh, I, I guess it would be interesting to know. Okay, great. If I can get samples from you both tonight, oh, we can get God. the Oh, God. Wanking into days. a cup. The dream. Yeah, um, here's the thing. It's against my moral philosophy to put anything up my knob. That's just a line I will not cross. <laughs> I share that moral philosophy with Jeremy. I think, I'd say I'd say 99.9% of people probably do. <laughs> Jeremy's logic, and I don't really... I feel like if he was the dad of a, of a baby somewhere else, he might know about it. Yeah, I mean, he makes this point, doesn't he, of like... I don't want my barcode on the system. Yeah, because he says, like, it's just like a matter of public record, so I have banged a lot of chicks yeah. and anything. Like, mm, I think he might be giving himself a bit too much credit here. And his logic of this is phenomenal when he's like, he's a willing swabby. Like, do him, and if it's not him, it's me. That's fine. I, like, it is just... It is a good point, I guess. And like he says, like, if I did the crime, <laughs> I can't see the time. And if you were paying per test which they may well be i can sort of see that logic as well if you're paying a couple of hundred quid i don't know how much a paternity test is but if you're paying to do a paternity test and there were only two possibilities there is a logic to that yeah i think he's, he's quite right to to ask that but then we get the bombshell that actually there's a, a third horse in the race and he sort of lets himself down by saying like you said the if i've done the crime i'll do the time <laughs> <laughs> i don't think really jeremy makes any secret about he doesn't want the baby to be hit yeah i think that's pretty obvious even though i think deep down he would find it quite funny that he slept with sophie once and managed to get her pregnant (laughs) because of his suave (laughs) (laughs) um so sophie says look i was in a bit of a state there's a third possibility i had a drunken thing with this at the same time as you two (laughs) (laughs) with jeff and mark is oh my god this is this is awful but seems really surprised that she slept with jeff yeah, we get another Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> and you did it with Jeff. As in, she presumably done it with Jeff quite a few times because they were dating in the yeah. in the earlier series. I guess I suppose he's thinking that it's like she slept with his sort of nemesis whilst within... she was married to him. Not whilst they were together, but whilst he was still married to her. Yeah, yeah, probably. And just like in the same time that she slept with him as well, I guess it feels like... They were in such such competition over Sophie that I guess it it feels like a betrayal. But I feel like at at this point, like, there are almost no rules between these two. And this is a really weird, like, character point with Sophie. Like, we know she changes quite a lot as we go through. But she had three one-night stands in the space of, like, two weeks. This is interesting because Jerry makes the comment, doesn't he, saying, like, he almost celebrates. Like, hey, our odds just dropped. Yeah. Which is obviously true, but then it, it does it makes you think. Like we know when she slept with Mark, old Meg broke and Sophie just sort of like helped channel it <laughs> the suave sperm down 
uh, to like you know improve the chances but i mean what are the chances that condoms broke with jeff and jez like well jez almost and, certainly not. jez and sophie were drunk weren't they yeah so, you so think... less likely to well, actually to be fair mark and sophie were drunk so that's not but I, I imagine jeremy is very much just like ah whatever like and so and also sophie's saying i want to get pregnant by by anyone as long as it's within the next year <laughs> Then she, if Jez doesn't say, "Oh, let's use a condom," she's probably just like, "Yeah, fine." Although I'm not quite sure why you'd want Jez's jeans, <laughs> jeans mixing. No, and then I don't know what happened but, with Jeff. But it's all within the space of a relatively short period of time. It does seem a bit calculated in my head. I don't. There's nothing really wrong. Like, um, I'm one of the things I hate most is sort of double standards. So I think she's perfectly right to. I guess she's still technically married to Mark, but I feel like at this point, as I said a minute ago, there's almost no rules. Like she can sleep with whoever she wants, but it it does. I don't know. There's sort of it implies a little bit that perhaps this was a bit more calculated. What surprises me though is that she doesn't bring up the fact that she slept with Jeff when she drops the initial bombshell on Jeremy when all the shit is hitting the fan at the end of series five, why not just drop it in then? <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, just another log on the fire. <laughs> because she says to him in series five, episode six, I think I've got the dates wrong. Oh, yeah. Making think it might be Jeremy's. But... Doesn't come to mind. Doesn't yeah. come to mind. I think that's... Again. Maybe that they just hadn't written that idea in because that was last series. Yeah, so of that's, course. That's probably it. Yeah. But yeah, it, it is interesting. I think she comments how she's in like a bad way. Yeah. It does... It made me wonder whether she was just, like, casting a net as wide as possible and trying to get whatever she can. But it, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we've talked about how, you know, we don't agree with how she handled the the breaking of the condom and just, like, actively, yeah, almost, as Mark put it, stole his sperm. So whether she's done that with Jez and Jeff, um, I, I guess it's not sure, but it... You'd think that there's a good chance that it's going to be marked because of we know that a condom broke, whereas the others we don't really know. No, but they take the swabs and that goes on the back burner for the rest of the episode. That's right. Yeah, we arrive the next day uh, for the next scene and Jeremy is sort of mentally preparing himself. We can see his hand sort of wavering by the door, like going back and forth. He's getting ready to knock on the door. Uh, in his head, he's sort of practising his opening line and um, he's almost over-practised it and Elena opens the door and he completely fucks it up. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jez. How's it hanging? 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 But it, it feels like that Elena doesn't really seem to know who he even is. She's like, hello? Like... What can I do for you, almost? Yeah, but like we said, if they've just had a brief like conversation, or not even a conversation, they've maybe just seen each other in the in the lift, he might have found out her name by seeing her post. Like, you've got no mm. idea how they know each other, or whether she knows him at all. Um, but she answers the door, and she's like, can I help you? Mm. Um, and Jeremy's first thought is, like, she's got a, an accent to her voice. <laughs> um, and he says, oh my God, is she from Russia? Or one of those other made-up countries. <laughs> like, no, Russia's definitely not made up, Jess. <laughs> just an entire, the largest nation on Earth. Just, like, completely disrespectful. I mean, I presume he's referring to, like, all the Stans and all of those countries that came out of Russia when he says, like, those made-up countries. Like, all those countries that weren't countries 30 years ago and then all became, like, Turkmenistan and Uzbekistan. Yeah. Which, 
if we do have any listeners in those countries, aren't made-up countries, that's not what we're saying, <laughs> yeah. but I presume that's what he's what he's getting at. I get, yeah, it's just Jeremy's ignorance, isn't but it? But he's just so nervous, and he just says, he's like, uh, um, I thought it'd be cool to... Uh, and he's really bumbling, mm. and he's like, I'm a friend of Sophie's, like, this is my, my inn. Um, and Elena uses her code and says, would you like to come in for some lunch? It's weird that Elena just drops the code immediately. It's pretty... pretty- poor use of a code like may as well not have it if someone just looks at you and goes sorry like I don't understand and you go oh I meant drugs <laughs> and if it's not for drugs if he's not there for drugs yeah how weird do yeah. you look yeah that's right <laughs> um, maybe she just gets the vibe from him um, so he comes in and uh, and he says in his monologue he says I'm in she'll never get rid of me now um, I, and I like that because I imagine that's probably what he thought with, with Mark yes and he even says it doesn't he way way in the future when um what's his name uh jerry jerry moves in and uh he comes back doesn't he after their fight yeah quote apologize and never does the second he's in the door he's like ah i'm back in everything's normal (laughs) like (laughs) he'll never get get rid of me me now um so she's just heading out and she says lucky you caught me i was just going out to um check out dilfs in the park (laughs) and jeremy sort of does what I think most people would do in that situation. You try to sound like pseudo intellectual. Oh, um, I think this might be one of my favourite lines. I think this is my favourite line of the episode. <laughs> I think it's close between this and the how's it handling. Yeah. It's just the, oh, are they in flower already. I love nature. <laughs> it's just, I think you're right. People do just try and if they bullshit their think, way through. Yeah, if they think it's a, a relatively safe bet, they just makes it like a complete arse. Yeah. Um, and she, and she yeah, calls complete... him out on it straight away. Yeah. Um, and she just says, no, not that. Dads I'd like to fuck. They're so cute with their bad haircuts and their buggies and their old school trainers. <laughs> um, and Jeremy in his monologue just goes, oh my God. She said, fuck. <laughs> if I say fuck, maybe we'll fuck. <laughs> um, well, I think we talked about that last week. Like we that did. sort of like pop psychology of this is my in, this is my, like, if I say I love you, she's definitely going to end up sleeping with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and so Elena dips into her bag and, or is it like a coat pocket or something and pulls out some weed? Yeah, that's right. And she, she comments how a friend left, is it left the country in a hurry or something? Yeah. And left her a kilo of grass, which... Is a lot. I, so I googled, but I, I was curious, a kilo sounds like a lot. Um, and I remember watching, it's like a tangent, but I remember watching, do you ever watch Narcos? Yes. And they talk about the math file, like how much like Coke sold for back yeah. then. So I was a bit curious, so I, I Googled it. Um, and there was a website called uh, Way of the Leaf. <laughs> <laughs> I um, thought it was going to be whatamydrugsworth.com. No, there was one that was like priceofweed.com, which is like, yeah, I don't get it. But anyway, so I went on this uh, Way of the Leaf um, and it had, it had a breakdown of the prices per um, like where you live. So I thought that's quite handy. So obviously they live in Croydon, yeah. London. I know we've talked about Croydon and technically blah, blah, whatever. But so I kept it to London. Shout um, out to the guy who emailed us about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and apparently it's uh, £6.44 for a gram of weed. So that would be about six and a half grand's worth of weed that this friend has just left. That's crazy. It's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, you always <laughs> leave like... But leaving in a hurry is that code for they're on the run. Yeah, could well be. And I saw, and I don't know whether I talked about it last week. I don't know whether it made it into the episode last week. I saw um, a theory about like Gail being 
a Gail who we haven't met yet, just but obviously we do find out about her later on. Um, about Gail being like a drug cartel kingpin, <laughs> and people saying that the person that's left in a hurry was Gail because she's been like followed. Um, mm. So she's left the the drugs for Elena to sell, and she's just like one of her mules. We do know that she's a mensen, so she has the intellectual capacity to run a yeah. drug empire. It takes a lot. I, is of that brain. just because she runs a Mexican restaurant and that's like a front for the cartel? Is that what... I'll have to share when the episode comes out, or even before that, because it is quite an interesting read. There is like a good theory about how the various parts of it all come together. I think that the the fact that she leaves in a hurry bit, and we don't know that's Gail from the episode. Yeah, and because when Gail does arrive, it is her returning to the country, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, that does fit. Hmm. Sam, Jesse, what are you <laughs> saying? She's gone to deal with what White on a business trip yes, or something. Yeah. Well, we universe. know it takes brains to run a drugs operation. Oh, absolutely. Walt White is a very clever <laughs> bloke. Um, so um, she hands over the drugs to Jez, and in his monologue, he is just like waxing lyrical. He's like, oh my gosh, she's so beautiful. Um, and he just... But you can see how nervous he is. And he's like, my whole routine's going here. Like, I normally have like really quick things, which I... <laughs> he doesn't, does he? He just tells them he loves them and he ends up yeah, sleeping with them. exactly. But he just, like, falls from, like, hole to hole here. Come on, Jez, restart, reboot, vibe up. Heart racing, hands shaky. That, that's just... Uh, I get like that when I haven't had a smoke for a while. I'm not a junkie. I'm just... Excited. I just love drugs. Where's my vibe? Got to make a connection. Compliment? Hmm. Can I just say, great temperature. Sorry? I'm just saying, you've got a great temperature in here. What are you on, out of interest? I don't think anyone's ever asked that no. before. And her face suggests that nobody has ever asked <laughs> her anything similar to that before. No. Support for Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels, and Manscaped just launched their fourth generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Europe. You heard that right, the 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code PEEP at manscaped.com. So, why do you need Manscaped's Lawnmower 4.0? Well, we've all got our own nightmare grooming stories about shaving our nether regions. Whether it's Nick's cuts and grazes or an unfortunate tale involving hair removal cream, it can seem like you're always a moment away from disaster. Not with the Lawnmower 4.0. After using it myself, it really does make a massive difference. It's quick, easy to use, and most importantly, I felt safe while using it. With the Lawnmower 4.0, Manscaped have engineered the ultimate groin trimmer, with their advanced skin-safe technology making you confident to shave your boys. So, if you're like Mark and are worried about your testicles looking abnormal, the Lawnmower 4.0 can give you the confidence to do something about it and make your balls feel like a million dollars. So go on, start shaving your testicles like it's the most natural thing in the world, and get 20% off and free shipping with the code PEEP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PEEP. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Um, so in the next scene, we, we fast forward to Friday, we know, because um, that's uh, when Mark has invited Dobby round. Um, and Mark and Jeremy are preparing for their dates. Uh, Dobby's coming round for the dinner and Elena is coming over for a smoke. And um, 
Mark's a bit worried about them dating on top of each other, but Jerry, uh, Jeremy's sort of stressing like it's not really even a date. We're just going to be slipping effortlessly from getting high on her own supply to just like doing this like hip gyration and yeah. miming, slapping her on the ass, <laughs> like doing her from behind. It's just like, uh, and what's that? It's just, like sexy time. <laughs> When he says it's not really a proper date, he's gone to the effort of buying dinner. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, later learn he's gone shopping for yeah. it. He's clearly not put any of it together, though, because it just seems to be left on the bag uh, in yeah. the bag for Mark's fork later. I just think it's so weird. Like, and I, I get that they're both, um, like, they're both dating at the same time in this episode. But, like, inviting a girl round to your flat inviting a woman because let's forget they're in their 30s at this point mm. and just sitting in your bedroom oh it's like, it's like a 15 year old today, but yeah. I suppose even if Mark like it's a bit antisocial to invite somebody around that you're basically bringing somebody around to smoke with I know ultimately he's going to end up trying to sleep with her but bring him around to smoke with and be like yeah we're on a date and we're just going to sit here and whilst you're just sitting here watching like golf and that yeah. yeah well no even if Mark wasn't dating <laughs> Even if he didn't have Dobby round, we're just going to sit in here and smoke weed. Mm. But I suppose he does it plenty I, of times. Yeah, that, that's just a regular day. What I do find quite funny, though, is you, you're right that Jeremy does have the dinner. And it's almost like they're dating in reverse because Jeremy's just like, oh, we'll, we'll smoke a bit, have sex. And then apparently they're going to have dinner later. Yeah. Whereas Mark is, is the opposite, where it's like, have dinner, a few drinks, and we work up to sexy time. And Jeremy will start with sexy time, and yeah. then we'll work down from there, which is quite interesting. So at this point, they're 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 out in the hall, aren't they? And Mark then starts commenting on the boiler. Oh, I hate this boiler! It's too hot. I can't date under these conditions. It's a great boiler. It's just got a very idiosyncratic control panel. It's like the Jesus and Mary chain of central heating control systems. Hard to get into initially, but then so much to explore. Turn down! Turn down! Obey my commands, Orac! This manual is balls. Can you turn it down? It's on 23, and ideally I want it no higher than 17. Mark, women are coming. We want to make the women hot. No, you want it cold, so they have to cuddle up to you for warmth. Plus, frugality is very attractive in a man. I'm pretty sure it's not. I'm absolutely <laughs> sure it's not. <laughs> um, so, at, at that moment, uh, the door arrives, and I think... The door arrives? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, at that point, the, the, the doorbell goes, rather, and... Um, we, I think we assume that it's going to be either Dobby or Elena, but it turns out that it's two teenage boys um, who are quite <laughs> vacant expression, and uh, they ask if Jez is there, and he's free for some lunch. Yeah. And this is, uh, the code has obviously completely gone over Mark's head, um, so he just delegates to Jeremy and just says, Jeremy, there's some children who want to have lunch with you, which I love. In the script... They are they are called drugs customer. The person who says the line, we're here to see Jez for some lunch, is just I referred love, to as drugs customer. I love watching the, um, when I notice things in the credits when it's just like, um, ugly woman, one. Yes. <laughs> you just think, like, who takes pride in things like that? It's like, oh yeah, on my on my CV, I was drugs customer in, in Peep Show. And in the next episode, the walk, the history walk that Mark does, Robert Popper is in that episode, and he's referred to as Annoying Man. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, so Mark's like, what are you talking about? 7.30, why are you here? Jeremy then like sneaks in and does like the typical 
Um, I'm going to yes. give the drugs with one hand and, and, and take the money off him as well. And Mark, I would be fuming if I was Mark. Like, there's a difference between smoking weed and doing whatever other drugs in their own flat to actually selling from the door. Yeah, that takes it to a new yeah. level, yeah. Um, so, and I mean, I don't know how he has managed to build up a client base. How have those kids know to come to him? I don't know, Jeremy probably just put it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, well, he says, just because I'm dealing a little bit of drugs does not make me a drug dealer. And Mark just says, well, yes, it does. <laughs> it's literally the definition, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> are you dealing drugs? Then you are a drug dealer. Um, so Jeremy uh, has managed to get Elaine around and they are smoking a joint and chatting in his bedroom. That's right, yeah. So we're finding out a little bit more about Elena. Um, Elena actually sounds like an interesting woman. Yeah, She's... she really does. And I've got a quiz question about this, so um, oh, okay. keep switched on. <laughs> um, so uh, tell me, Elena, what do you like do? I'm working part-time as a legal secretary, human rights law, asylum seekers, torture victims, all that jazz. But my real passion is music. Oh, that is so great. Oh, God, she's perfect. A musician who devotes her life to helping losers. I'm like grade 8 violin and a bit of piano. That's just so cool, because I'm a musician too. What's your main instrument? Shit, I dabble, you know. I toot, I strum, I bongo. Oh, I love drums. Play me something. Uh, that's that's not a bongo, that's just a small table in the shape of a bongo. And it is that very, like, childish way of being like, you like that, I like that too. And Ma- and Jeremy does it all the time. Like, Jeremy does it with Zara in Series 7 as well. God, yeah, to an extreme. Yeah, and uh, this is slightly different. He just goes, oh yeah, you like poetry? I write poetry. You like music? I play music. But yeah, Jeremy seems to dabble in everything. But... Yeah dabble in the I've written some words down in a book and I'm going to call it a poem I mean yeah. I guess, I guess uh, maybe doing him a disservice like that it is a poem whether it's a good one like we can debate all, all day long I don't that. think there's much <laughs> debate <laughs> no, maybe, maybe not um, but we learn that actually while Jez calls himself a musician we see that he messes around with a bongo not very well shakes a maraca um, and can't do much else. Attempted to play the saxophone, doesn't he? Yeah, whereas Elena actually plays She's proper grade 8 violin and a bit of piano. Uh, yeah, exactly. So she actually does music. Yeah, like, and um, Elena has a real sort of like... She's re- she's interested in him. She's genuinely interested in wanting to find out and like doesn't feel like Jess is being particularly forthcoming because she's like, what's your main instrument? Like, do I need to guide you through how to have a conversation <laughs> with a female? Yeah. Um, why did you stop? Like, all of these sorts of... She has to, yeah, Jeremy tries to be as vague as possible because he's yeah. not particularly good at anything, is he? Well, and in his head, when she asks about the job, he goes, oh, danger. <laughs> yeah. As in, like, oh, God, she's going to find out that I'm a bit of a waste of space. Um, but he realises the conversation isn't going particularly well. Like, they've done the whole neighbourhood watch, they realise he's failing at basically everything he's doing. So he's like, I've got to pull something out of the locker now. Um, um, so, yeah, he's sort of scrambling isn't he to find something remotely interesting and the fact that she mentioned that she likes dilfs yeah um that's what he's gonna latch on to so he reveals that but slightly twisting the truth there is that he's expecting a baby i like how elena she's quite even though she's clearly switched on enough to be you know working in legal and she's clearly talented i made a note of this she's she's not very intelligent is she well i think she must be but i think she's quite dim in that some of the things that she comes out with when she's like you know i think that children are our future yeah. <laughs> it's like no shit um she comes out with yeah 
I think, see, I guess we talk about Hans is quite intelligent in a lot of areas, yeah. but then in others he seems completely oblivious and ignorant to so many things. So in that way, this is why I think Elaine is quite a good fit for Jeremy. But she's very naive and puts up, as we go through, we'll talk about it a bit more, and we'll talk about it in the character bio. She's very, she puts up with his shit a lot. Like, he bullshits his way through this entire episode with her. But he manages to swing it by the end. No, I think you, you, there's quite a few parallels between Elena and his experiences with Big Sue's in particular. And then I guess even Nancy as well, where Elena's pretty gullible. She yeah. takes what Jez says at, at face value. And is, yeah, very forgiving and very quick to gloss over things like that. I think that seems to be very much Jeremy's type, where he seems to be able to get away with a lot. Yeah. Kind of bullshit his way through it. But even though Jeremy's a shit, he's just about likeable enough. And this is what we talked about with Robert Webb, was he was like, to all intents and purposes, Jez is a shit. Yeah. But he's a lovable shit. Exactly. Yeah, there's a reason that he's stuck, Mark stuck with him this long. It's because there's something innately likeable about Jez but you just have to put up with an awful lot (laughs) so he goes with the line about being a dad and expecting a baby and that he was doing it to help out a friend well I mean he shafted his friend (laughs) it was so opposite to what he's saying he's like no she's a friend she was desperate and I was like oh yeah I'll, I'll help you um, I'm a very strong feminist and I believe women should have whatever mad things they want. <laughs> uh, love I think that. you need to speak to uh, Jermaine Gray. <laughs> I always say like how he says that he, he likes the idea of having a baby in the palm of his hand whilst making an espresso. Yeah. He, he says espresso yeah. rather than espresso. Which Although in the script they, connect, they corrected it to espresso. <laughs> oh no, he definitely says espresso, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I made a note of that. Yeah. Um, and he, he thinks, oh right, I'm in here and he, in his monologue he goes yeah Russian men are probably all infertile functionable <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this is where we start then as I, I said at the start of the episode we we ping back and forth a lot yeah between now, the between, bedroom and the front room yeah the two different days so yeah. meanwhile in the lounge we get Mark and Dobby and uh, they're watching golf which is I thought was a bit weird but Dobby seems to be enjoying herself a lot and I don't get what the novelty is about I don't know whether it's novelty like are they just watching golf there's nothing special about the golf um, and he says we've already had four whiskey so it's time to roll in my militarised divisions he and this justifies all the things he's ever said and he just says makes it much less scary if I think about it like a war yeah that line really stood out to me as well I made a note of that and it's just he said we've seen time and time again yeah. he refers to it's like I know where I stand with a war I know I understand wars. I don't understand women, but I understand military campaigns. Exactly. So if I if I like uh, like use it in my brain as a war, I know where I'm going. I know what the next part of my strategy. I can is. say almost roughly in my comfort zone. Yeah, ever so slightly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he makes a a lunge as Dobby puts it towards towards her. Not a particularly like forceful lunge. No, he sort of just shifts and like yeah, leaps. Clearly, like when there are only two people in the room and he moves his head towards her, it's, <laughs> it's obvious that what he's trying to do. And she calls him out and she's just like, Are you about to lunge? Is this, is this pre lunge? <laughs> oh, man. But this is what we've said before we like about Dobby, is that she just says it. Yeah, I do really like her. In, in... She's very respectful, I think, is what really stood out because she yeah. says, like, Hold up, like, I, I, it's a bit awkward initially to be like, whoa, are you about to kiss me? Because yeah. these things should be quite natural. But I think, like, fair play to her to be like, look, I've got these other dates actually lined up. 
because it's, yeah. it's the next day that she's going out with Gerard, isn't it? And she hints that there are other dates going on because she's on a mad dating tip. So to actually be like, hold on, I'm not going to sort of... It's not, I mean, it's not cheating at all, but like, I'm not going to start fooling around with other guys when I've told other potential suitors yeah. that um, I've agreed to go on a date with, with them, which is, which is in stark contrast to, I can imagine, Mark. I mean, we think about, actually, that he was... They weren't quite dating as such, but things were going on with Dobby. And then Sophie offered herself on a plate and he was like, I haven't technically made my move on the dumpster yet. Like, could still shag Sophie. And then just goes ahead and does it. Like, there's no respect for Dobby that way. But like you said, it makes it quite awkward when somebody calls you out and goes, are you about to kiss me? Oh, uh, mortifying, I think. (laughs) Um, And at the beginning with Dobby, we like and Mark likes the fact that she says what she thinks. And, like, it's quite helpful that she just comes out with it. But literally, by the time that we have the Christmas episode, like, the end of Series 7, he says, oh, she's a sayer. Why is she a sayer? (laughs) (laughs) Everyone has those thoughts. They just keep them in their head. So, obviously, within two series, it's, it's very much grating on him. Yeah, I guess it's useful initially... Because yeah, it Mark guides, doesn't it like guides him. It's exactly. like with um, with Callie when she literally tells him what she wants him to do. That's what Mark yeah. needs. He needs a woman like that. When it yeah, when it's useful, then he's all for it. But the minute there's any slight conflict or anything, it's like oh no, keep keep those thoughts to yourself. So yeah, Dobby's quite polite about it. She says like, don't get me wrong, I like you, but let's not do anything. Let's yeah. just wait for the dust to settle and. Then we'll go from there. But it's, it's, it's music to Mark's ears, and he's like, oh, yeah, that's fine. To be honest, yeah, that's almost all he needs, as long as he's yeah. got it, you know, he says something about, I, c- I could write that in a blog. It's a matter yeah. of public record. It's undeniable. <laughs> yeah, I can bank it, I think he says. Um, and so they go back to the watching the watching the golf. Yeah, th- now Mark can just relax. Yeah. It's like the, the date is essentially finished He's there. achieved like, the objective. <laughs> exactly. Of, he wanted to establish that Dobby liked him. He's established that Dobby likes him. We can sort of just wait for things to take their yeah, course. If the evening had ended there, it would have been a great evening. But unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> things are about to spiral. Yeah. So uh, Mark's phone rings and um, he just cuts it off. He sees it's Sophie and he cuts it off. Um, another little Easter egg in this scene. We notice that if you pause it on Sophie's phone, the number that rings her... It's the same number when Jeremy um. rings Mark in another episode, like the next episode or the episode after, possibly. You know when he right. catches Elena yeah. and it comes up with Jeremy, it's the same phone number. Yeah, it's clearly just like the production phone, I yeah. guess, is it? Yeah. Um, but when you have a close-up on the phone, you'd imagine they would notice that sort of little detail. Yeah, I, I, guess. I think if it was like... Um... If it was a crime drama, then I don't think you could get away with that. Because no, because it would be, like, it'd be the, relevant. Yeah, whereas this, it's just like, yeah. I think this is for the people that live too relentlessly in the real world. But yeah, I mean, fair play of the eagle eyes who have, have spotted, yeah. spotted that. So he cancels the call and says in his head, I'm cancelling you out of shame, Sophie. <laughs> like my subscription to White Dwarf. <laughs> um, so like you said, we flip between the two. So we're back in Jez's room. Um, and Elena is still talking about all the things she likes doing, uh, and her latest thing is poetry. And Jeremy goes, "Oh wow, really? Because I, uh, I dabble." <laughs> yeah. um, and his head, he goes, "Yeah, sure, I dabble. Like Da Vinci dabbled in art." <laughs> <laughs> um, and here we go with one of the, um, should we say, one of the worst poems? And I've, <laughs> I've, I've worked in schools where kids have written some pretty shocking <laughs> poems. The infamous poem, which has now been. 
published on t-shirts and yeah, tea towels and posters and, and I've, I've seen pictures where people have had it or they've twisted it to like um fuck you trump or something yeah. when he's visited the uk yeah it's time to get like out of the uk trump yeah, yeah you weren't properly elected in the first place trump all of this sort of <laughs> stuff yeah um so shout out this poem it is it is amazing and, and robert webb uses it quite a lot on on twitter actually he um, we'll quite often yeah, go back to reference that. it. Um, cool. So, yeah, so here it is. Fuck you, Bush. Fuck you, Bush. It's time to get out of Iraq, Bush. What were you even doing there in the first place, Bush? You didn't even get properly elected, Bush. Are you happy now, Bush? Fuck you, Bush. And Elena, I don't know again whether she's pandering to Jez or whether... Again, it's her stupidity of like, oh, wow, I love that the first line is the same as the last line. Um, and Jeremy's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've adopted one of the most, like, one of the basic, um, arguably laziest, like, um, I don't want to slate on Jeremy too much, because at least he's created something. Yeah. At least it's not just, you know, when he tries to, like, bang a bit on a bongo, like, it's nothing yeah. comes of it. At least he's actually managed to sit down yeah, for and sure. write and structure a poem because you've dabbled in poetry haven't you obviously you did creative writing but I remember being away with you and you writing poetry yeah I've dabbled in poetry outside of yeah even outside of that as well yes when you get into the the headspace for it and you've got the time which when I was at uni you got all the time in the world but a little bit after that yeah I just couldn't get into the I'm not a particular I can write creatively but I just I've tried writing poetry so many times Um, I decided I was going to write a poem for my wife and I was like right I'm going to get into writing a bit of poetry and I just couldn't do it and everything I wrote just sounded shit I think people have certain expectations of what poetry should be but if you just I'm not going to say write from the heart something stupid have like you that, ever no. written a poem for your partner uh, yeah once I did yeah and I did you read it to her or did you give it to her for her to read because uh... so much about the poetry I mean to be fair however bad this poem is that Jeremy writes the delivery of it is actually quite good. Like, he reads it in quite a well-delivered way. Oh, uh, yeah, I completely agree with that, definitely. And that's... I, I mean, arguably, that's just as important as yeah. actually the writing of it. Like, it I can read poetry. Like, I'm quite good at reading poetry and spoken word and that sort of stuff, but... Yeah, so, well, well, I think that... Yeah, I mean, the poem's not great, but... I don't know. I feel like I have to give Jez some credit because at least he's actually done something. Yeah, <laughs> and actually, I was, re- I was sort of making notes... Um, about Elena and about Jez. I was thinking, actually, he does quite a lot. Like, of, like, he's quite a romantic person. I'm surprised he doesn't write poetry for Elena. Yeah, because he makes the bust of her, doesn't he? He makes the later. bust of her. He goes to Hastings to get the spell yeah, in the next couple of episodes. Like, he does some quite big gestures to, to her. It, it wouldn't surprise me if he'd dabbled, as he yeah. puts it, and maybe was just a bit shy of actually to to show any of it off because it's a bit crap but elena's not the brightest he could easily have realized that she liked poetry and gone on the internet and just been like here's a romantic poem. <laughs> yeah. i've written this about you she's not going to check it here's one from like lord byron yeah. Or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i think yeah you could have almost certainly got away with that yeah so after trying to get hold of mark Sophie then rings Jez, so he picks up the phone, and we can't hear what Sophie's saying initially, but she's like, I was trying to get hold of Mark, and now I can't, so you're going to have to be the person I deliver this news Mm. to, so can you let him know that it's Mark's baby? I think this is shit. I think she should keep trying, Mark. Even if, like, 
yeah, he cancelled her or whatever. I mean, she doesn't even know that. But then to just immediately ring Jez, I think yeah. you've got to let them... He, she has to let Mark know that it's him. He can't find out through someone else. It's just... That's not okay. But she does come round after. That's that's not good enough to me. Yeah, I mean, I the mean, whole situation's quite poor. I mean, it ultimately, that, that fuels what's about to unravel. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for... for comedic purposes like it, it fits but pretty shit move from Sophie here and again it's a really like good scene for Jez and Jez is like having to come back and be like oh yeah yeah. I mean it works so yeah. well Mark or Jeff Jeff please Jeff or Mark I couldn't get through to him but I thought he'd want to know right away it's Mark's yes <laughs> well that's great news thanks for that Yes, 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 yes! Who was that? That was uh, Sophie, the mother of the my baby. It's cute how excited you are about it. But there's so many telltale things in this scene that makes it such bullshit for Elena, yet she just feeds off it and she's absolutely fine. <laughs> he says, the, my baby. Um, like, he comes up with, like... The fact that he just wanted a daily update and everything's okay and that's all it is. That's yeah. absolute, like, tripe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then he's clearly... Like, Mark comes in and Mark's like, there's news. Who, whose is it? Like, Elena, why are you not... Oh, I know. It's so obvious, yeah. isn't it, then? Um, so Mark comes in um, to see them. I can't remember why... Oh, he wants to turn the heating down. Yeah, I've got to point out at this moment when he pokes his head through the door, I really noticed the, the poster on the, the back of the door. I don't know if you clocked it, but it's just like, um, you know, like the figures from like a toilet door sign, but they're like doing it doggy style. Oh, I didn't... And underneath it just says like, do not enter work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> just, I don't know, I always think it's funny like of what women think when they come into... Because he yeah. so often invites women into his bedroom and it's that... You know, we talk about how it's, you know, painted crudely around yeah. the furniture. And he's just got these, like, horrible, crude posters and things that are all, like, overly sexualised and stuff. It is like a, like a 15-year-old. He attracts a certain sort of person. <laughs> yeah. But Mark comes in and says, I wonder whether you could have a word with Hal and turn the heating down. What's going on? What's Hal? The I... only thing I could think was that in 2001, A Space Odyssey... <laughs> Stick with me. The computer, I'm sure, is called Hal. Oh, okay, that would fit nicely. I did wonder whether it was some weird nickname for the boiler. I presume guy. that's what it was. I have a word with Hal, and then yeah, because in 2001: A Space Odyssey, the guy says, "Open the pod bay doors, Hal." Okay, and, and, I and now Hal, and Hal says, "I'm sorry, Dave, I can't do that." I now think that that's definitely it. Then I did wonder if it was maybe some sort of like building maintenance guy. Yeah, I thought that initially, that. but. Literally, as I just said it, I thought, yeah, I think it's probably 2001 I'm going to go with yours. It's more fun. If someone knows better, <laughs> then when this comes out, do let us know. I mean, it would, it would fit very well Mark's personality because he also refers to the boiler as says, obey my commands or Zorak. act, doesn't yeah. he? So that's another... He's, all, he's already nicknamed the yeah. boiler. So yeah. how... Yeah, that fits. I yeah. like that. So um, they're celebrating. Jeremy's got a, another bottle of... I'm presuming not champagne, but he's opening another bottle of um, plonk. <laughs> Just like cheap old fizz. Yeah. Um, and Jeremy's like, well, 
it's my it's obviously my baby like it's obviously mine and mark's like it's your baby why didn't you it's definitely your baby um and this is such an awkward awkward (laughs) awkward scene um and mark says like we have this back and forth of being like we should talk and mark's like of course we can talk but i'm gonna help you through this man like (laughs) shit really and so he is just like god i think there's no knot in my stomach for the first time in 25 years, I'm free of a creeping sense of dread. I can do anything. I can leave T-Mobile. Like, he is so relieved that it's not his baby mm. that he just is, like, dancing through the flat, <laughs> grabs Dobby, just kisses her, and is like, right, come on, like, we're, we're footloose and fancy free, like, <laughs> like, I'm not having a baby. And just basically is like, right, get into the bedroom. I like how he says his thoughts are, like, his thoughts are running wild, and he's like, oh... Yeah, that knot in my stomach's no longer there. Like, now I've got the courage to leave T-Mobile. Yes, <laughs> it's yeah. just like his ambitions and his thoughts go from, like, the ultra-small to the, the much bigger yes, picture. Yeah. And, yeah, he suddenly has the, the courage to, yeah, just almost grab Dobby, doesn't he? Yeah. And then just, like, go straight in for it. And and Dobby reacts well, even though she said before, like, oh, you know, let's let the dust settle. She seems all... I think maybe she's quite attracted to the fact that Mark has just... You know, that's exactly it. That's yeah, exactly what I grab the ball by the horns, sort yeah. of thing. And there is something very attractive to a woman, I'd imagine, about like you hear not so being often. Do- not, it's not being dominated, but uh, um, the man taking charge and the man taking control. Confidence, yeah, yeah, yeah confidence yeah. is attractive. Um, and she says, "You know what? Screw it. If we want to do it, should we just do it?" And I was like, "Stop saying do it. Maybe, <laughs> maybe if we keep saying doing it, we'll do it." <laughs> yeah, and then she just she just heads off, doesn't she? She's yeah. like, "Right, let's not fuck about then." <laughs> yeah, and I noticed like skipping forward a scene she gets into the bed and the door's open like she's just got naked got or, or got into something more comfortable got into his bed and left the door open like it's not like subtle at all so yeah she goes off to obviously like powder her nose and whatever else women do before before, before sexy time <laughs> um and Mark says, like, I'm first time in 25 years, I'm free of my creeping sense of dread. Yeah, that made me think. Like, Mark is probably in his early to mid-30s. So, so since he's been six, six <laughs> yeah, or seven, he's had this horrible feeling. What a depressing way to be. Um, but then the dread is about to come back. So Jeremy walks into the room and is like, Mark, I need to speak to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and Mark's like, can we do this whole like emotional stuff later? I can tell you how it will all be a good thing and buck you up and all this sort of stuff. And Jeremy's like... Contrary to what I've just said, it's definitely your baby. Oh. And Mark, Mark doesn't believe it. Mark thinks it's, he's lampooning him. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, now do your your joke. What's the punchline?" <laughs> and Jeremy's like, "The results came, Mark. Like, it's it's your baby." And this reaction is incredible for Mark. Then why the fuck did you tell me it was yours? Did did you get mixed up? Did you misremember? Because I really think I would tend to remember something like this. Look, I know it sounds weird, but I told Elena I was having a baby. Why? Because it was the only thing I could think of that made me sound like a proper person. You total fucking shitting bastard! I know. I know I am. You must hate me. Yes! Yes, I do! Yeah, there's something very... I mean, obviously this has, hasn't happened yet, but it's very uh, reminiscent of No Turkey. Yes, yes. Like, I mean, David Mitchell is just so good. and I mean, he's kind of famous for it, isn't he? Of just ranting. Yes, um, yeah. and, and getting on his... Sort of not, not soapbox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Getting on his soapbox and just really hammering a point home. Um, and boy, does this point get hammered. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and Jeremy's always at a bit of a loss of like, mm, how am I going to get out of this one? But his justification is so weak, and he's just like, 
I told the girl I'm trying to sleep with that's through there, I told her I was having a baby, so <laughs> I had to lie to her to keep up this thing. There's no justification for it. I'm really sorry, dude. Um, you can hit me if you like, or uh, or even fork me. I'm not going to fork you, Jeremy. Fork my leg. I, I do quite want to, but no, too weird. What? You've got to fork something. Fork my bag. Your bag? Go on, stab my stuff. Fork it to smithereens. Yeah, that's it. Go on, really go for it. My stupid bloody special date dinner. All stabbed to shit just like I deserve. <laughs> oh, nice one. Equals peakwals. We are not equals peakwals. And it's very akin to like, you You haven't got any younger siblings, have you? But like, no. when we were kids, like, if you, if I accidentally hurt my sister when we were playing, I'm like, don't tell mum, like, hurt me back, hit me, <laughs> you can kick me just how I've kicked you and then we won't do anything about it. Um, um, and Jeremy uses the line that I use so often. With, uh, I use it, yeah. it's like part of my everyday... And he's like, oh, memory. nice one, equals peakles. <laughs> and actually I don't use Jeremy's line, I use the Mark line. Yeah. And I'm like, we are not equals peakles. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is totally slipped into my sort of everyday... Uh, everyday language and yeah. even in the moment of anger that Mark has got and even in this desperate situation in his monologue as he walks off and Mark says I bet he leaves that for me to wash up <laughs> <laughs> yeah so right so Mark seems to have um, uh, sort of neglected the fact that he's got a naked girl in his bed at this point no the, the knot in that stomach is very much yes. back with the full force of the 25 years or whatever so he heads through there and dobby is like we said ready for him <laughs> um, and mark isn't ready for dobby and he just walks in and goes oh right god wow you're like, you're in here yeah all ready <laughs> shit i need to have sex now yeah um and dobby goes have i got it wrong like, I thought you wanted to do this, and Mark's like, "Yeah, no, I, I really do. Like, let's do this thing." Yeah. Um, another annoying thing in this scene: he obviously strips his trousers off, and he's obviously just like because he goes to rubber up. He's still wearing a shirt and his jumper. Yeah, his line and yeah. jumper. Yeah, it looks really odd, doesn't it? Yeah, and you, you've just got that image, and I don't spend much time thinking about David Mitchell naked. But <laughs> not as much as I should. But like, <laughs> you've got this image of like you know he's. Bolico underneath, yeah, like underneath the sheets. He's got the jumper and the shirt, and then absolutely nothing <laughs> beyond that. Um, so Mark gets into bed and he's like, focus in his head, like focus, Corrigan, focus, just for the next bit. Dobby now, baby later. Dobby now, baby later. And then Dobby says, "Oh, baby, really? Oh, it creeps me out so much the I way know, she does the it's old really baby. Unnatural, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, and there was a uh, a conversation that happened on a social media channel, I don't know where it was, where it was like, wh which parts of Peep Show do you think are the most like overacted or badly acted <laughs> scene? And right. this is always the one. Uh, okay. It's just so weird. Um, and Mark says, oh, it had to be baby. Like, just let's forget about the baby for now, concentrate on the sex, and then I can move on to the baby. And he just goes, oh, lovely breasts, <laughs> nipples, intended primarily for the feeding of babies. <laughs> oh, and it's, it's like the six degrees of separation. How yeah. quickly can I get back to the baby? Um, and Mark's just not into it at all. It is really, really uncomfortable to watch. I mean, yeah, his head's all over the place, isn't it? He's talking about... Um... The, the weirdest bit is when he asks Dobby about the school. Yeah. It's like, hold on, you're Oxford supposed must to... must have a website. Yeah, you're trying to think of, like... You're trying to get in the mood, and then he's talking about kids. It's a bit yeah. pedo -y. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but he goes through a whole list of things that he needs to check out. Um, 
like LMR yes. school uniform, <laughs> yeah, Catholic school, all of this sort of stuff. Why do we want to send his kid to a Catholic school though? Yeah, an atheist like Mark. That's um, strange one. Are you not into this? God, yes, I, I'm. I'm very much into this. In, in fact, uh, I, th- I think I might rubber up. Well, sure. Condom, yes, condom, 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 condom. Although, maybe two. Two condoms. Two's company. In fact, maybe I should go for a third. Three is the magic number. I've got to tell her. I couldn't slide this in anyway. It'd be like trying to cling film an earthworm. I'm like, oh my god, this is awful. <laughs> um, and Dobby, Dobby is again not backwards and coming forwards, and just goes, just tell me what the matter is. Mark has every opportunity to just come forward and yeah. say what's wrong, and I don't think. I mean, I guess he should have told her the situation before, but I think. It's better to just come clean. Yeah, isn't it? and he has the opportunity here and then just lies again mm. and says, Oh, it's the boiler, it's too hot. And now it's just a point of just talk through it. He's even yes. saying to himself, just as long as I'm saying words, like it will distract from the horribleness of the situation. Well, he says, It's just too hot in here. I, I feel like my head's on fire. We've only just got a new boiler and it, I can't turn it Yeah, talk. Turn just keep up this covering fire while I retreat from the battleground. Yeah, so it's going to be the classic one egg omelette. Is he, sorry, having the hardest sex ever? Of course not. Down, you fucking, fucking fuck! Um, and Mark has just lost his mind. Nah, yeah, full meltdown. <laughs> yeah, um, and he's he's saying, it's too hot, it's too bloody hot, it's ruining everything, tell him to stop! Which I saw that, um, that screenshot get used so much in the summer when it was like 35 degrees in the UK. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was like, it's too bloody hot! Yeah. Um, and then Dobby comes out. And we haven't commented on Dobby's outfit because I've just clicked that they obviously they've dressed up for golf. Oh yeah, because Dobby's wearing the sort of the yeah. It's taking diamond. all this time, and Mark's wearing like the I don't know what the what the style of that jumper is, but they're wearing golf jumpers. Yes, that's right. That Apologies to our lot. listeners when we've. You're probably going, you dumb twats. <laughs> we've spent this whole time, we've just worked out why they're yeah, dressed that's like very that. Because I, I thought Dobby's outfit was quite eclectic, Dobby but not dressed... out of line with Dobby. Exactly, yeah. So I didn't think too much of it. But yeah, I hadn't clocked that they match. Which, yeah. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, so sorry for being a little bit slow on the <laughs> uptake there. Um, so uh, Dobby comes out of the bedroom, sort of still getting herself dressed, like putting her, like, tank top thing back over her shirt yeah. um, and she just turns to Jez and goes is it alright if I just have a massive drink of any booze you've got <laughs> um, and Jeremy in his head as they're walking through just goes oh they're going to drench my flirt fest in geek juice <laughs> like this is not this is cramping my style um, so they walk in and Elena says do you want a glass of champagne like we're toasting Jeremy's baby and Dobby clearly doesn't know anything about this situation Um and they start toasting just as the doorbell rings. And I like how Mark, he drinks from the champagne and says, mm, the great taste of ashes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I've seen to, does he say that another time when they drink champagne? As well? Or he's eating no. something and it turns to ashes in his mouth or something like that. He makes a... Oh, he does. Yeah, I can't think what it is. But he makes a comment when he's drinking champagne after he gets married. He's going, I wonder whether anyone's ever been this sad whilst drinking champagne. Yeah, that's, a, that's another one. I, I swear he makes another comment about like something turning to ash in his mouth as well. But it's just so 
So, Mark, yeah. he's on such a depressive downer on this one. So the doorbell rings, and we know it's going to be Sophie. It's Sophie. Oh, my God. I saw her through the spy hole, but she might have sensed movement. Fuck. Should someone answer that? Probably not going to bother, actually. Yeah, it's, it's probably just that crazy old guy who keeps ringing our doorbell. And if you answer, he, he tries to grab your balls and make you buy his rough guide to Barcelona. Where did that come from? That's nice lying. Mark decides rather than answering the doorbell, he's going to like, disconnect yeah. the yeah the doorbell. But ends up giving himself an obviously like I don't know why why he like obviously in a moment of panic gives himself quite a large electric shock when he disconnects. Yeah, he just screams, yeah. doesn't he? You hear this ah! <laughs> it's like you wouldn't think one of these like suckers had much voltage, but they pack <laughs> quite a punch. Um, and Dobby does her. I'll answer it. I'll turn the fuck off. <laughs> yeah, she's um, quite, um, yeah, quite a force fella in that moment. Um, and Mark sort of realizes, like, I can't get myself out of this situation now. I'm just going to have to answer the door, let Sophie in, and he says, "You lot go in shelter. You find refuge. I'll deal with the maniac." <laughs> um, and he just says in his monologue, he just says, "I'm opening the airlock. We're all going to die." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Sophie comes in, obviously quite perturbed as to what the screaming was <laughs> and why it took them about 15 minutes to answer the door. Um, yeah, I like Mark continues and he's like, fatal decompression has begun. Well, and you do realise at this point, Sophie's not backwards and coming forward with stuff at, at any point. No. And so Mark knows there's literally no escape. So Sophie says, did you not tell him to Jeremy? And Jeremy's like, no, I told him. <laughs> and you can just see all the cogs starting to whir with everyone, all the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle starting to come yeah. together. Um, and Dobby asks Mark, like, what, what's she talking about? And Mark says, yeah... Um, Sophie's pregnant and it's my baby, so no biggie. Ugh. And, like, you know, last week you talked about, like, how he has to save face with a group of people, and, like, with the Stefan Strauss thing, yeah. like, the only person he can save face with is Dobby. In this situation, the mother of his child is standing there, and <laughs> tries to save face with this new woman. Yeah. And you do think, like, Mark, mate. And, uh, and, and Dobby literally says, Mark, man, you really fucked this. <laughs> Um, and so, but they're still not clicking. Like, you're both having babies. Like, Dobby's like, you're yeah, both having babies? It still like, takes a little while, doesn't it? <laughs> um, and Dobby goes off with Mark so Mark can explain without having to make Jeremy lose face, which I think is quite an interesting, noble thing of Mark to do considering what shit Jeremy's been to him. Yeah, and normally they never hesitate to it's, drag the other yeah, one down. It's do like... Um, uh, mutual, like mutually assured destruction. I say, yeah, yeah, yeah they, they, they live for that yeah. almost. But yeah, so it's a bit surprising when Mark sort of like beckons her out the room, doesn't it? Yeah. And then we get this moment between Elena and Jez where Elena's finally put the piece. I mean, she's had enough hints throughout this episode, yeah. like you say, but she's finally being like, hold on a minute, but I, I thought you said it was your baby. Yeah. And Jeremy's trying to squirm, isn't he? And like, oh yeah, maybe it changed. <laughs> Can they do that? Maybe it changed in the womb. But just before they start having this conversation, Sophie's phone rings. And she's like, oh, thanks, Jeff, for ringing back. So she's obviously just done the rounds of the three of them. Yeah. Um, so Jeremy's just bullshitting to his heart's content. I'm really confused. I thought it was your baby. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I thought it was too. But um, it looks like it changed in the womb. Can they do that? But she said she told you it was Mark's on the phone. Yeah, so why did I say it was mine? It's weird, isn't it? It's really weird, Jeremy. Wow. How did this happen? Okay, the truth is I lied. I said I was having a baby because I wanted to impress you. 
because you're beautiful and intelligent and sexy and cool and I wanted to seem proper because, and I probably shouldn't be telling you this, but I know I may look like a real person, but I'm not actually a real person. And she just buys it! <laughs> yeah, she kisses him. And yeah. he just in his head goes, I truthed it! <laughs> Truthing works! And you're like, oh, I, I wouldn't try that on anyone else, Jess. I don't think it's a, a long-term... <laughs> Suck and fuck is not a long-term solution. <laughs> um... And things are going quite differently in the front room. No, yeah, quite rightly. I mean, Dobby is fuming. Um, and she said the line that, that you say, and I think it just perfectly sums it up. It's just like, Mark, man, you just, you really fucked this. Do you yeah. know that? Um, but she says, why didn't you tell me earlier? And like, almost, I gave you so many opportunities to tell me earlier mm. and you just didn't. Um, and she says, are you trying to impregnate me too? <laughs> I was like, no, he made a real point of putting on three Johnnies. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, yeah. <laughs> um, but Mark was like, I didn't want to ruin the mood, which I kind of don't understand, but I I yeah, get his logic. He says like, oh yeah, it was it was just because of the news, it wasn't bad technique. Yes. He's like, whoop de fucking day. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think, I think you're you're misunderstanding the issue, anybody. <laughs> so she just says, whoop de doo and she walks off. Um, so Sophie then comes in as to like just compound his misery um, and she just says like so many details the big small issues and grown-up stuff and it is that point where they just go flipping it we're not I mean they're in they're in their 30s like they're not kids but they've suddenly gone oh wow like actually sort of taking in you know it's sinking in now that a human being is going to arrive and I do get slightly Mark being like god I've got to like grow up a bit but like Mm -hmm. Sophie planned it and she says in the last episode of series five, she goes, I know neither of us planned this. And Mark's yeah. like, no, we literally, you did. Yeah. You made sure this would happen. Um, and Sophie's been banging on about having a kid for ages. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess nothing really prepares you for it. No, it? no, no, no. Just first, Sophie, do, do you mind if I ask you one question? Uh-huh. Do you think it's too hot in here? Yeah, maybe it is a bit. Yes! Did you hear that, Jeremy? Sophie says it's too hot in here. So I was right. I win. Shove that up, you bollocks. One of my favourite endings to an episode, I and feel. That's the end. Uh, to, I, I much prefer when they end on internal monologues and there's a sort of, like, almost normally mark, like a depressing... I prefer oh. those ones. For me, this was a bit of an odd finish to an episode, I found. I mean, it stands out because it's so different. And I think it's just working because he's so angry for the whole episode. Like, it is just the final nail in the coffin of his I guess. attitude and aggression for the and whole episode. And it's one tiny victory in a sea of disappointment. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Cool. So that is the end of the episode. It is. That wraps things up. So... Fancy a punt on the quizzy. Shit a bit of data out of that bunged up brain box. I'll do the buttons, do the answers. It is time for a little little quiz. I said a little quiz, I took my lead from you, and I've not done what I said I was going to do before I started recording, which was, I've done nine questions, I wanted to round it up to a, a sweet ten, okay. but I didn't actually get my tenth question. Okay, that, that's absolutely question fine. Done. <laughs> we'll see how you get on, see how you get on. I think I've made them fairly easy, um, so, okay. so the listeners can join in at home, because I appreciate they've not all got the... Um, They've not been making notes. No, exactly. <laughs> okay, so um, at the beginning of the episode, um, Dobby makes a reference to what's not to like 
about the Star Wars concert and what does she say? Uh, somebody in a mask playing an instrument. Oh, a guy in a Yoda mask freaking out on the bassoon. Yeah, well done. Uh, second question. If you notice this and you are the sort of like peep show pervert who will have paused it because you know what questions I ask in a quiz, <laughs> what was the brand of their boiler? It's written in big silver letters oh, on the front Christ. of their boiler. Uh, oh, I don't know. I might have to just guess. Bosch. No, it's called Volkvort. <laughs> Volkvort, Volkvort, which I'm presuming is sounds German. Yeah, well, I think Vort is German for fort, and I think Volk is German for people, so yeah. people's fort. Okay. No. That... Any of our German listeners want to correct me on that? Feel free. Okay, so one for two. What number flat does Elena live at? Ooh. It's on the door when Jeremy goes round the first oh, time. Damn. Uh, they live at number five and she lives downstairs. So it's got to be less than five. So I've got a one in four shot. Let's say number three. Number two. No! <laughs> I had to pause it to see it though because it's not <laughs> on the ma- on the door. It's as he opens it. Because as soon as that scene comes up, I'm like... I'm, g- I'm going to find out whatever it is. That'll be a great quiz question. <laughs> but he, you have to wait till he opens it and stands back and then you see it. Okay, question number three. Question number four. What band does Jeremy compare the boiler to? Oh, it's um, it's like Jesus and Mary Chain. Yeah, the Jesus and yeah. Mary Chain. Well done. Question number five. What does Elena list as what she works on? There are three things she talks about. Oh, uh, torture victims. Yeah. Um, asylum seekers. Yeah. And the other one, I think, is kind of an overarching one. Um, uh, what would be, like, the generic term for the sort of legal work that she does? Focusing on... Oh, uh, human rights. Yeah. So human rights, asylum seekers and torture victims. Yeah. Okay. What two things does Dobby say when they're watching the golf? He said, she says he doesn't know his something oh, from something. Uh, is it a nine iron from a pitching wedge? Well done. Yeah, it is. Um, okay. How many times, and you might have to say it out loud to get it. How many times does Jeremy say Bush in the poem Fuck You Bush not including the title <laughs> okay Funny, but starting to get out of Iraq Bush he didn't even get properly elected Bush Fuck You Bush you weren't even properly no it's time to get out of Iraq Bush you didn't even properly get elected Bush are you happy now Bush Fuck You Bush I feel like I might be missing one but I'm going to say five it's six, six. yeah because the poem goes Fuck, fuck you, Bush. It's time to get out of Iraq, Bush. What were you even doing there in That's the first it. place, Bush? Yeah. yeah so it's I, I should have... I thought I was forgetting one. <laughs> okay, you answered this already within the episode. Um, what company does Mark say he can leave when he's like, I haven't got the knot in my stomach anymore. I can finally oh, leave. Uh, T-Mobile. Yeah. And final question. Um, where does Mark... When Mark lies about the person that's at the door, he says he tries to sell you a rough guide to somewhere. Uh, Barcelona. Well done. <laughs> so you got one, two, three, 
four, five, six. Okay. So not, not too bad. Too you didn't bad. get the boiler. You didn't get the number that Elena lived at. They were both observational questions. So yeah. if you didn't follow where I, I was going my logic that, was sound for Elena's um, flat. I was down close. And then you got the bush question wrong. But apart from that, a solid, a solid six. Yeah, I'm quite, solid six out of nine. I'm quite pleased with that. Well done. Cool. Uh, yeah, that concludes episode two of series six then. So thank you everyone for listening as always. Um, and if you've enjoyed the show, um, please do take a moment to leave us a review. Um, and if you're not subscribed on iTunes or Spotify or whatever it is that you're listening to, uh, then please do, um, as it does help the show out. It helps our um, our visibility so more people can can see us. Um, and then join us next week for episode three of series six, and that's called Jeremy in Love. Um, and I guess seemingly not deterred by his ridiculous lying from the last episode. I mean, they did finish on a, a kiss, didn't they? Um, Jeremy and Elena are taking things to the next level. Yeah, and it's escalated very quickly. By the beginning of the next episode... Like, is he not waking up in bed with her? He is, yeah. And as the, as the title says, Jeremy in love. Very falls hard and fast, doesn't Indeed. it? Indeed. <laughs> so if you do want to find out any more about the podcast, uh, you can find us on Facebook uh, by searching for Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs, on Twitter at Podcast Pharaohs, on Instagram at Podcast Secrets of the Pharaohs. Uh, you can check out my amazing viral videos on TikTok <laughs> at Peep Show Podcast. Um, and I think that is all of them. Um, and like Tom said at the top of the episode, uh, if you do want to join us on Patreon, you can do so on patreon.com forward slash podcast pharaohs. Yeah, there'll be a link in the description down below for that. Cool. I think that, yeah, I think that wraps everything up then. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And as always, thank you for joining me, Rob. Fuck you, Bush. Bush.